you vampires and haters, welcome back to the Kowski cast. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski. And I'm Rachel Stukenborg. And today, we're back for another episode of Twi-Fight, the only podcast on the internet that debates the pros and the cons of the Twilight Saga. This week, we're breaking down chapter 15, The Collins, and chapter 16, Carlisle, the man of the first Twilight... <laughs> that's not the name of the chapter. <laughs> chapter 16, Carlisle, of the first Twilight novel. Let's get to it. That'd be great if the chapter was called Carlisle, the man. It should be, honestly. He's on the Forbes fictional top 10 or whatever it was. Yeah, the the Forbes fictional 15, I think. Yeah, that's it. So I do want to say up front, I have been reading Midnight Sun. Ooh. We haven't talked about Midnight Sun, and we're not really going to talk about Midnight Sun here, even though I'd love to. But to keep this podcast spoiler free for people who want to read that, we'll talk about Midnight Sun someday. I think I don't really know yet what the correct order to do these books in is now that we've got this new like wrench thrown into things but I want to just give a little brief update on my thoughts currently which are it is so nice to be able to read a new book in like already an established series that I know and love like I love new books of you know just like new things and reading them and that's yeah. that's fun because I think you can agree like reading something for the first time is always the most enjoyable absolutely but it's been I mean the last time that I had like a franchise I really liked that a new book came out and was probably what the final Hunger Games book, like when Mockingjay came out, is probably the last time that happened because we do not count Cursed Child on this podcast. <laughs> well, I know that like I already read some of Midnight Sun. There's a lot of new material here and it's really interesting. I personally really love it. I'm Yay. loving the experience of reading it. There's a whole lot of new debates going on, I feel like, about if Edward is cool or creepy or whatever. But <laughs> I, I just love the idea of the book and that it's so much fun to get this perspective on a story that we're already talking about. There's definitely a lot of more Easter egg kind of things that we aren't really noticing about Twilight right now that some really great gaps that are filled in from reading Midnight Sun. But my main observation I just want to put out there is Midnight Sun is freaking long. It's long and it's hefty. And while this copy of Twilight that I'm holding here is, I know, I think Rachel, your book is different than mine, but this one is 498 pages. Yeah, our page numbers are a little different. Mine is 434. Okay. So at least my copy of Twilight, which is a paperback that I'm looking at, it's not that long, you know, little under 500 pages. I mean, that's, you know, it's a long book, but the pages themselves are pretty small and the font is pretty big and there's Mm. not that many words per page. There's probably a solid three to four paragraphs per page. It's not very big. Midnight Sun is almost 700 pages long. The pages (laughs) themselves are a good inch wider and inch taller than the Twilight pages that I've got here. And the font is at least 
one to two points smaller. Oh. It's way, way bigger. Wait, so does Midnight Sun, I always thought it was just Twilight from Edward's perspective. Is it is. Is it all of the no, Twilight series? No, it's just Twilight. It's, it's just, just Twilight, Twilight book. Okay. It's just Twilight, and I'm more than halfway through. I'm about 400 pages in to Midnight Sun right now, but we're not even caught up to where we are in Twilight. Wow. Most of the book is like the beginning, and then I guess it's because there's going to be a fair amount that's sort of just conversations between the two of them, like really how much how much difference are you going to get in Midnight Sun between that? Right. But there's already a lot of stuff in Twilight that we kind of skipped over, or not skipped over, but there's there's a couple chapters we've already covered in Twilight where, for example, he's asking her questions about her life and stuff. In Twilight, she says, and then he asked me about this, this, and this, and it kind of glosses over. In Midnight Sun, you get full conversations about all of those things. Oh, Literally, wow. like, all the questions he asks, her responses. There's also a lot of times in Midnight Sun where something will happen and then he'll be like, and that reminds me of the first time I ever met so-and-so. And And then it just like (laughs) kind of flashes back and he's remembering like a whole scene. So there's a lot more content that's put in, which is cool. That's cool. And like the first couple chapters where it's kind of like weird between them, that takes place over a few months. Right. And there's that point where he like disappears to Alaska and we learn about that for maybe a sentence in Twilight. So I could see that being cool. Yeah, there's definitely, it's definitely worth reading and I definitely like it. I'm liking the experience of reading it. I have a whole new thoughts on the characters themselves, I feel like are very different. It's giving me a completely different impression of how I view both Bella and Edward. Wow. Which is weird because you're just getting everything from a different perspective. Yeah. Like so far in Twilight, I feel like Edward is presented as being like this very confident, I don't know, model-esque kind of guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's completely not like that in Midnight Sun from his perspective. Really? Midnight Sun also, I feel like reading Twilight, you can kind of read it and sort of forget about the fact that he's a vampire sometimes. I mean, you still feel like he's hard and cold and fast and different, but you forget about the fact that he's like, oh, no, I literally drink blood. Like that part, I feel like you kind of forget about. You (laughs) cannot forget about that part in Midnight Sun. He seems way more of a like other alien type creature. It's it's very interesting. That's cool. We'll talk about it someday. But my main takeaway was after reading that recently, switching back over to reading Twilight, oh my gosh, these chapters are so short and the font is so big. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving it. Man, that's really funny. I, yeah, that's cool. It's like a time capsule almost because this book was supposed to come out, what, eight years ago? Yeah, I think like 2007, 2008 was the first time I remember it being released. I I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So this has kind of like been in everyone's mind for that long. And now that it's here, it's like the same story because it was always the same story she was going to write, but it's released way later than it was meant to. So it's like a cool time capsule. You kind of put yourself back where you were when you were reading Twilight for the first time. Right. Because now you're reading the same story like for the first time again, but it's rare that this would happen where you get like 10 years, 10 plus years later, another book released, except for maybe Game of Thrones. We'll see. And I don't know if Stephanie Meyer was the first person to do this, to write a story and then rewrite the first book from a different perspective. I can think of at least, I think at least like three other times this has happened since then. Like I know when the Divergent series came out, they rewrote one called Four, which was from the perspective of the main male character in that. Oh, wow. Um, obviously, Fifty Shades of Grey has a book called Grey, which is the first book in Fifty Shades of Grey. Did from not know that. Christian Grey's perspective. Didn't Hunger Games just release one from President Snow's perspective? Kind of. It's a it's a prequel set way okay. in, the, in earlier, but it is like a companion novel. But for Twilight, I, I don't know that she was the first person to do this, but she might have been. It's just kind of a... Twilight was a trendsetter in a lot of ways. Yeah. The first to come up with the idea. 
idea. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Before we'll it was leaked. <laughs> yes. Maybe. All right, let's dive into chapter 15. Enough about Midnight Sun. People don't care. <laughs> so both of these two chapters back to back, I feel like they're very short considering how much new information is presented in them. Like we're going to a new location. We're for the first time in Twilight really interacting with the other Cullens. Yeah. Except for Carlisle, I guess. We're getting some really interesting backstory and history. And they're very short chapters. Yeah. And it's not so much about like the Edward Bella relationship anymore. We're kind of at a point which, you know, too soon in my opinion, but <laughs> we've been, it's been established that they are together. So now we're just kind of learning about vampires again and the Cullens. Yeah, the meadow was really a turning point, I think, in the book, which is where it said, okay, we've been building up to this and now here we are. They're a couple. Get it? They're dating. They're in love. Whatever. They made and now it we to can uh, add some plot. <laughs> fourth vampire human base. Yes. But it's also kind of jarring, and I'll have to see if the rest of the book feels this way. But we're more than halfway through the book. We have these really slow leading chapters all throughout the beginning of them getting to know each other, introducing each other, all this stuff. And now all of a sudden it's like we're in we're in real time. Like everything's happening very fast. All these chapters are just like we're not we're not we're no longer spending an entire chapter on one conversation. Instead it's like Ooh, let's we get do some action now. I don't remember. Really I mean that's just what works. it feels like for this chapter. It's like they have a conversation, they go to a location, they meet new people. It feels like feels like we're getting a lot of a lot of new stuff and kind of a new tempo to the story. Yeah, I, I picked up on that too, now that you say that. Because it's like we were we were chugging along for the last few chapters on just some hardcore details about Bella's favorite color. <laughs> Edward and Bella's relationship. But yeah, now we're we're kind of moving. We learn a lot of things in these two chapters. We really so, do. Yeah. So starting off with this one, you know, the last conversation or the last the last chapter, she went to sleep. He said that he would stay there. She wakes up. Guess what? He's still there. Still there. And they said in the rocking chair in the corner of the room. And when I read that, I immediately got like scary movie vibes. You know, when like, I think it's, um what is it? The Conjuring with the Annabelle doll. Ooh. She's like just sitting in the corner when the kids wake up she like moves around different spots that, that's the vibe i got that's creepy mm -hmm. i don't know how to feel about the fact that he says your hair looks like a haystack but i like it <laughs> i don't know if i'd want to be told that no i'd prefer not to and haystack that's pretty bad like everyone's got morning hair but haystack is rough it is when they wake up she's immediately like oh my god you're still here and he's like Yep. And she like kind of runs over and jumps on him. I was sure it was a dream. And he goes, you're not that creative. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I did think that was funny too. That was a good line. Yeah. Props Edward for that roast. Then we find out she's like, oh my gosh, wait, is Charlie still here? And he's like, oh no, he left a little while ago. But first he had to reattach the battery cables on your car or something. Yeah. Uh, like WTF Charlie. I think it was again because he was like concerned about her sneaking out because she was acting so weird the night before. But which is it? Does he want her to have a social life? And he keeps like pushing her to hang out with guys and go to the dance? Or is he like afraid that she's going to? Pick a lane. I agree. And I think this is very out of character for Charlie and just like a very unchill thing to do. Honestly, like wouldn't he have woken up if her car had started? Isn't it super loud? Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Uh, also, Edward's like, oh, I'd be kind of disappointed to know that that's really what would have stopped you if you had really wanted to leave. <laughs> I mean, that would have stopped me. Like if I didn't know what was wrong with my car? If it didn't start, I would like assume the starter was broken or something. 
Yeah, or, or anything. I like to think I'd open it up and see if I could see anything that was wrong, but... Maybe. I mean, I know how to jumpstart a car, but I don't know if I would, at night, like, as I'm trying to escape, think, like, oh, let's lift the hood and then try to make sure the cables are connected the correct way. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be like, eh, the party wasn't worth it anyway. She's like, okay, cool, I guess Charlie's not here. She goes and sits on his lap again, and he, like, rocks her in the rocking chair like a baby, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's cute. It kind of makes me uncomfortable. There's a lot about talking about how she's like sitting in his lap in these chapters yeah. or how he's like holding her. And it just makes her seem like she's so tiny. Like how, I don't really know how he's doing this exactly. I think that's the other problem is I think Edward's supposed to be like a lot bigger and more muscular than I picture him to be. I picture Robert Pattinson. I, <laughs> I don't picture Robert Pattinson's face, but I picture his general build. Yeah, Which is throwing me, me off. Me too. So he had left in the middle of the night though to go change clothes. Yeah. Which is like, wow, really? That's kind of rude. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. He didn't I be mean, there at all, just watching her sleep. Yeah, I guess. Well, I don't know. I guess it's okay now that she's aware. It's still weird to me. Yeah. She's like, oh, you left because she notices that he changed. And he was like, oh, yeah, you were very deeply asleep. I didn't miss anything. Not you didn't miss anything when I was gone. I didn't miss anything watching you sleep. Ew. No. But this is like the same thing about way back when he wasn't coming to school because it was sunny. And he was like, yeah, but I knew you were safe. She's like, yeah, but I didn't know you were. Like, he forgets that there's two sides to this relationship. Yeah. And that maybe she wants to know what you're, like, maybe you could have woken her up and been like, hey, don't worry. I'm going to just go change clothes. I'll be right back. Leave her a note. Something. Yeah, leave a note. Nothing. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. And I was also thinking, why did he need to change at all? Because he probably doesn't sweat. Well, he probably needed to put a shirt on that wasn't that really weird <laughs> button-up <laughs> shirt that we were talking about. Oh, you're so right. He needed to, like, make himself decent. <laughs> Find some normal clothes. If he's going to be meeting Charlie. He says that she talked in her sleep and that she said she loved him, which I don't think counts. Mm-hmm. But then she says it in real life. She says it again, and he's like, you are my life now. I'm like, well, why don't you say you love her, too? Like, you just made her say it again, and then you didn't say anything back. That's true, but you are my life now is so much more intense to me than I love you. Because, like... it's But it's creepy. Like, I don't want that. I know. Especially because they've only been on one date at this point. <laughs> they've been on one date. Yeah, but we got to move the plot forward. So, they're <laughs> I guess together. So. <laughs> so, then she says she needs a human moment. And she goes to the bathroom, like, brushes her hair and her teeth. I don't know. I kind of feel like I would shower again. Like, I know she showered tonight. I'm a morning shower. I'm a night shower. Okay, so maybe you wouldn't care. Yeah. I just feel like I wouldn't feel completely clean unless mm -hmm. I, I don't know, at least showered again before embarking on this day, but I guess it's fine. It ju just because, like, this is the first time that he's, like, really being there right, right when she's woken up. I don't know. Whatever. That's true. I guess she doesn't really care. She wore her, like, tore-up shirt for him the first time he was there. True. So she don't care. We have different opinions on this, but this, I thought this part was really funny. So her stomach growls, and he's like, oh, breakfast time. So I clutched my throat with both hands and stared at him with wide eyes. Shock crossed his face. Kidding, I snickered, and you said I couldn't act. He frowned in disgust. That wasn't funny. It was very funny, and you know it. But I examined his golden eyes carefully to make sure I was forgiven. Apparently I was. Shall I rephrase? He asked. Breakfast time for the human. Oh, okay. I loved that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I did not understand that at all. So he says breakfast time, and she pretends to choke, and I was like, No, she's what? clutching her throat like he's going to, like, he's saying, oh, it's breakfast time, I'm gonna drink your blood now. Oh! <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought she was like, let me emphasize my frailty and pretend to choke on nothing right now and just like scare the no, crap out was, of him for no reason. It was her making a, making a meme, doing a goof, <laughs> making a joke, being like pretending that he was implying that he was about to eat her. I wow. just love the part when he's like, shall I rephrase breakfast time for the human? And she pretends to just get it then. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I love okay. that. I, <laughs> I had no idea why she did that. I was like, what the heck is going on? I even made this my worst line. You said, <laughs> he, he says breakfast time and she pretends to choke for reasons unknown to anyone. She's clutching her throat. That doesn't say she's pretending to okay, choke. Okay, it says she's clutching her throat and she has wide eyes. So like, when you can't <laughs> breathe, it's like, clutch your throat, wide eyes, like alarm, I can't mm-hmm. breathe. We didn't mention this last time, but like, she should probably be super hungry because remember when they went on that hike that mm-hmm. took them all day when they left at like 8 a.m. and got back when it was dark and she didn't eat anything during that whole time. That's so true. She had lasagna. Big lasagna. When she After got back. she got back. But like, I would have needed a granola bar at some point. Fact. Fact. Okay. Maybe she ate some wildflowers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then he carries her over his shoulder to the kitchen table. And, <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. I get it. It's weird. But like, he threw me over his stone shoulder gently, but with a swiftness that left me breathless. I protested as he carried me easily down the stairs, but he ignored me. He sat me right side up on a chair. As opposed to what? Upside down? Why did you need... Like, you could have just said he sat me on a chair. Uh, right side up? Okay, I picked up what? on the weird phrasing of that, too. And I, like, just imagined him, like, putting her in a baby height chair because he's babying her so much right now. It's like, he put me right up on the chair. What on earth? He sat me right side up. Whatever. Okay, so then there's, like, a kind of a funny moment where he's like, oh, I'm gonna get some food for you. What do you want? But he has zero knowledge of, like, how humans eat. It's kind Kind of cute, but it's also kind of like, dude, you could like get her a bowl of cereal. Like, how complicated is that? Right. And she kind of jokes and she's like, haha, I can fend for myself. Watch me hunt. It doesn't say this, but I picture her like stalking around the room acting like she's hunting. <laughs> I don't know why. I pictured that too, but I also felt like she couldn't pull it off in a cool way. So I just <laughs> pretended that she didn't do it. But I did like when she poured herself the cereal, he was like, oh, how is it? And she goes, well, it's no irritable grizzly. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I also really love the part where she pours herself some cereals down and then she's like, uh, can I get you anything? (laughs) She's like, just eat, Bella. (laughs) She's like, because I thought it would be rude not to say anything. (laughs) I love that for some reason. Okay, there were some good things in this There were some really good lines. Except for when she choked for reasons unknown to anyone, except Mary, who actually (laughs) read it correctly. (laughs) There were some fun moments. And then he asks her if she wants to meet his family today, and she's down. He acts super weird when she says, oh, did Alice see me coming like into his like life, telepathically yeah or, that's not telepathically like, like, but like futurey foresight yeah, yeah. foresighty <laughs> We need a thesaurus. Stephanie Meyer, can I borrow your thesaurus? Yeah. Apparently, though, they took bets on whether or not he would kill her. Yep. Which was fun. And then he so says, that's fun. Well, I don't know why anyone would bet against Alice, though. But, okay, so he keeps being weird about Alice when she asks questions about Alice. So we can kind of assume Alice has predicted something that he doesn't like about Bella. Yeah, I think that's the implication. So isn't he literally betting against Alice by dating Bella when he just said, why would anyone bet against Alice? I guess. 
place. I guess he's he's trying to, yeah, make something that she saw not happen, I suppose. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Which is funny because I, I, I feel like it's it's something else other than just her seeing. Because he says they took bets over whether I'd kill you. Although why anyone would bet against Alice, I don't know. Meaning that Alice saw that he would not kill her, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I'm not really sure how that fits in with this next piece. She must have seen something else, though, in yeah. addition to him not killing her that she didn't like. There's something he doesn't like that Alice predicted about Bella. Right. There's definitely a tension there. I feel like it. And then he's like, oh, and you should also probably introduce me to Charlie since I'm going to be around all the time. And there's like kind of an awkward moment where she's like, oh, you're going to be around? Awesome. And he's like, yeah, as long as you want me. She's like, you're well, I'm going to want you forever. And then he gets all like quiet and sad, but he doesn't respond to that. So that's kind of weird. How do you feel about the fact that she doesn't really want to introduce him to Charlie as her boyfriend? I don't get it. So he's like, okay, would you introduce me to your father? Maybe as your boyfriend? And she just says, why? (laughs) I'd be so offended if someone said that to me. Is she just wanting to avoid an awkward conversation with Charlie or what? But I feel like it wouldn't be awkward because again, Charlie just wants to be a part of her life and wants her to date people. I don't know what her deal is with this. I'm getting mixed signals from Charlie because he also tried to prevent her from sneaking out. So it's like he wants her to, I think he just wants to know if she's dating anyone. Exactly. To me, that's more like, you know, don't hide anything from me, which is extreme and he shouldn't be disconnecting the battery cables in her car. But I don't think he'd care as long as he's like a part of it. Especially because she's not like a 13 year old. Like, yeah, this is her first boyfriend. She's almost 18. Yeah, exactly. I think it is her first boyfriend, but still. But then there's also this thing they go through. They go through like the boyfriend thing and she's like, oh, is that what you are? And then she's like, oh, I was under the impression that you were something more. I'm like, what does this mean right now? Like, What could be more than a boyfriend? At this point, when you've been on one date, you've known each other for a few months, there's no ring on it. I mean, as there shouldn't be. So does she mean like soulmates? I, I don't know if she means soulmates or if she means like we've got some kind of complicated symbiotic relationship that's unnatural and... And boyfriend just sounds like too normal of a term. Like, that's kind of how I read that. But okay. it's still, yeah, it's still weird. Yeah. I mean, especially since she's never had a boyfriend, I feel like she should be like, wow, you're my first boyfriend. I'm so excited to call you boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, oh, I thought you were something more because boyfriend, you know, that's just like. It's too PC. It's too PC. It's too normal. <laughs> and then he tries to kiss her and she faints. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> There was this whole... What is going on with her? I don't know, man. She's out of control. She forgot to breathe, is what she said. I hate that. That, You can't... That's not a thing. That's not a thing. It happens automatically. I have never once forgotten to breathe. No. Even when I've been overwhelmed or kissed or whatever. I mean, you can intentionally, like, hold your breath while kissing and then have to, like, come up for air, but, like... Or, like, your nose exists, too. Can she breathe through her nose? I, I don't think she is making that connection. Has she ever kissed anyone before? This is her first kiss, isn't it? Maybe she's like, I think so. she needs some kissing practice. <laughs> she doesn't know you can breathe out of your nose. I, I think this should be a thing that she should learn. I agree. Maybe Charlie does have some reason to concern if she doesn't know that you can breathe out of your nose. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Charlie, teach her <laughs> that she can breathe out of her nose when she kisses people. Okay. So they go to the Cullen's house. It's outside of town. It's in the, it's like in the forest. I do really like how they describe the house. It's kind of like, the way I picture it is like a, a it's very different than the way it is in the movie. The way I, they describe it is like a big, I don't know, like 
white farmhouse kind of looking thing with like a big or like a big colonial style house with like a wraparound porch. Mm-hmm. But then the back wall of the house is just all windows, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I got that impression too, which is different than how it's portrayed in the movie. Because the movie, it seems like a very modern, like just very long and narrow house. Right. But this, I got the impression that it was more of a farmhouse type thing too. And it's three stories. Yeah, it's three stories. Although it's like the way they describe it on the outside and then the way they describe it on the inside don't really jive. Because on the inside, it seems like there's like tall ceilings. So I think the ma- the like living room area is actually maybe two story. I don't know. It's kind of hard to to picture it. Mm-hmm. I I was thinking about this when I was reading this chapter because I have a very very vivid picture of how I picture the inside of Bella's house. Like I could draw you a floor plan. Oh, cool. Yeah. This is something when I read, like I always sort of get my head thinking about, like how if they're in a house for a lot of the time, like the location, how does it look? And with Bella's house, I think I've pretty much got it. Like you walk in, you're in a hallway. To your left is a living room. To your right is a closet. You keep going down the hallway. And now you're in the kitchen, sort of eating area, and then beyond that is the like cooking part. Of the kitchen Mm -hmm. and there's a door that goes out into the backyard back in the kitchen you turn left you go up the stairs when you get to the top of the stairs to the left is bella's room straight in front of you is the bathroom and then to the right is charlie's room that's how i picture the house it's small those are all the rooms that's what we've got my picture is a little different but i feel like i also have a vivid picture we should draw our floor plans we should draw our floor and compare yes i really want to do that now the cullen house i also have a vivid picture of how i think at least the rooms that we get described look we don't there's a lot of other rooms we don't ever really hear about. Except when I was reading the book this time around, I noticed that there's certain things that I have a vivid picture of that are incorrect based on what the book says. Like in the book, they walk in and it says that Carlisle and Esme are to the left of them by the door. Standing just to the left of the door were Carlisle and Esme on a raised portion of the floor by a spectacular grand piano. Now I do picture this, but I picture it on the right of the door. <laughs> you walk in and they're to the right. And in my head, I can't get over it. Like when I picture the house, I'm always going to picture you walk in to the left, there's like a really big sectional sofa around a TV and, and then you're looking straight ahead there's a dining room and then like the back wall which is the windows and then to the right is where I picture a piano. Okay, that's I don't really know interesting because I picture it opposite and when you were describing Charlie's house you said you picture Charlie's room on the right Yes. and Bella's on the left. I picture Bella's on the right and Charlie's on the left when you go up the stairs. And the thing is I know that that part is probably wrong because I I don't I don't know this for sure, but I think Bella's room they say is like in the back of the house, like with the window facing out the backyard. No, the, it can't be. It has to be in the front because she's always looking out her window oh, to yeah. see if like the truck is there. So unless the driveway's <laughs> around back, Plot whatever. Hole. I think I'm right with Bella's house. Okay, it's this is so not important. I do like <laughs> the, the description of the fact that there's like these really big trees that cover like that their branches cover the lawn in front so that there's it's all in shade so they mm-hmm. can be themselves outside. Whatever. Yeah, and the description of like. I don't know if they've gotten to this part yet, but like the back side of the wall is all glass and you can kind of see down to the river. Mm-hmm. And the way she described it was just, it was good. Again, I didn't take any notes on it, but she's good at describing natural scenery. Yes, she is. So Carlyle and Esme are there ready to greet them. They keep their distance at first. They're very like measured and slow, trying not to like scare her off. There's also some talk about how she's nervous to meet the family, but she's not nervous to like meet vampires. She's nervous because they might not like her, which I think is funny. <laughs> it's funny and it's also fair. I 
feel like first impressions for significant other's families, it's always a little This is why I'm saying she should have taken a shower. Like, I would have taken a shower if I'm going to meet his family. That's true. Whatever. Okay. So, she shakes his hand. It's all great. But then Alice runs down the stairs and, like, kisses her on the cheek. And everyone's like, oh, my God, Alice. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot. to the human. And then she says that Bella smells good. (laughs) She's like, oh, Oh, Edward, you were right. She does smell good. (laughs) And I know vividly that that line makes the movie. Mm. And I always forget because I always watch the movie. I'm like, this line is so weird. It's in the book. So, okay. (laughs) Guess they do it that way. It's very uncomfortable coming from a vampire. But I also think it's a good icebreaker because Carlisle and Esme were so like measured. Yeah. And like um, slow moving. But then Alice is just like, hey, you smell like delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, nice. And then Jasper's there, but he's, like, standing really far away. Yeah. But she also notices that she suddenly feels at ease, and it's not awkward that he's standing far away. And then she's like, oh, Jasper. Oh, I remember what Jasper oh, can Jasper, do. He can, for those who don't remember, he can alter the emotions of people. Yes. Make them feel all cuddly. Make them feel all cuddly. And then Edward gets this look that's kind of like, I don't know, he gives he gives Jasper an eye, and he's just like, LOL, dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to ease the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rosalie and Emmett aren't there. Yes. And so that's kind of sad. This is the part that I think is kind of weird. So she kind of like to break the tension. She notices that there's a piano and Esme's like, oh, Edward, go play the piano. And Bella's like, oh, I should have known that he was amazing at the piano because he's amazing at everything. And Esme's like, oh, Edward, you're showing off again. But then she also makes him play it. Here's the part that's weird about all this. I mean, that, that. But also, they came here to meet his family. They spend, like, five seconds talking to them, and then they just go off and play the piano. Like, how weird would that be if you go to someone's house for the first time, and it just, like, the first thing they do is, like, oh, here, let me, like, show you this talent. <laughs> I thought so, too. And they really only talked to the family for, like, a couple sentences in this chapter, which is, like, that was the whole point of coming here. Right. And Edward is, like, oh, they left to give us some privacy. You've had privacy for the past 15 chapters. <laughs> Yeah, like this chapter's called The Cullens, and really it's more like a glimpse at The Cullens, but yeah. mostly we're going to play some piano and talk about the house. <laughs> Three quotes from The Cullens, and then we get a tour of the house. That's about it. Yeah, so he says that Rosalie is jealous of her, which is why she's not around, but Emmett thinks she's chill. He just is trying to calm Rosalie down, so that's why they're not there. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a line I've always hated. It's much in the same way that we keep talking about, like, why does Edward like Bella? He's always just kind of acting like she's a science experiment. I've always hated this line. So he says, oh, like, Esme and Carlisle love you. Esme especially. They're happy to see me happy. Actually, Esme wouldn't care if you had a third eye and webbed feet. All this time she's been worried about me, afraid that there was something missing from my essential makeup, that I was too young when Carlisle changed me. She's ecstatic. Every time I touch you, she just about chokes with satisfaction. The reason I don't like this is it's basically saying like, oh yeah, you could be anyone and Esme would like you. I don't like that. (laughs) For me, if I went to someone's house and they were like, oh yeah, I mean, like, they don't care who I date. Like, you're chill. They just want to see me happy. No, I want to hear that they like me in particular for some reason. That's true. That's a really good point. But they're also just meeting her for the first time. Like, this is the first time she's seen Esme. So maybe he's more saying Esme's biased because she's been worried about me. And I think this is the truth. Like, I think what he's saying here about his surrogate mother is true, that she wouldn't care if Bella was anybody. She just wants him to be happy. Yeah. But I also feel like, for me, that would always be in the back of my head for the rest of our relationship every time I'd seen her of 
being like, oh, you could care less about who I am. You could literally be anyone. <laughs> you could literally be anyone and I just like wouldn't care. It's yeah. also weird to me that Edward and Esme actually do have like a mother-son dynamic because she was made into a vampire after Edward and yes. she was roughly Carlisle's age, which was, Carlisle was 23 or 24 I think, when he was transformed. I think they say at some point that she's a little bit older. She was okay. like 27 or something, but like still. So yeah. I mean, she could technically have lived a human life for like 10 years longer than him, but right. she was changed like after. 10 years after him right. at least. So they're probably right around the same age in vampire years, which is, we're going to say 117 because I can't remember the real number right now. And that's the one <laughs> I that think it's sticks. like 104. That's the one that but yeah, sticks. 117 fixed better. So like, it's weird to me that that dynamic, is, it does seem like a mother-son dynamic. I guess maybe Carlisle, I could see him having a father dynamic to Edward. Right. And then maybe like, since Esme is Carlisle's partner, it just kind of like became that way. So there's a couple sort of factual details in books that always annoy me. And I just wish the author could have gone back and tweaked them because it would kind of make me understand the things better. Like in Harry Potter, it's always bugged me that her math is kind of wrong or it's not wrong necessarily, but like I picture Hogwarts to be big. I picture there to be a lot of students. But if you actually do the math based on how many kids are in each dormitory and how many houses there are and stuff, there's like 100, 150 kids. Like it's not that many. Hold on, let me do that math again. Wait, five times two is 10. 10 times seven, no, it's more than that. 70, 70 times four. What is 70 times four? Three, two, 280, 280, 280. Okay, so it's like 280 kids, which is like the size of our, I don't know, middle school, maybe? Like one grade in our middle school? Uh, I think it was like the whole, I mean, uh, our yeah, high school, yeah. one grade in our high school was like 400 kids. So I could believe that the middle school was smaller because like multiple mm-hmm. middle schools went to the same high school. Either way, I'm just saying I would picture Hogwarts to be more like our high school, like the whole size of our entire high school, which was like, you know, over a thousand, mm-hmm. right? So anyway, I just feel like that's like a detail that it would be tweaked. For me, the main detail I would tweak here is why is Carlisle 23? He should be 28 at a minimum. <laughs> but he's actually 300 something. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we can get to that then, I guess. Okay. They, they sort of go through the rest of the house and describe some stuff. Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> we got to talk the about piano. This, this piano <laughs> thing, though, because he plays her a song uh-huh. and then does something super, super weird. Super weird. So he's playing Bella's lullaby, which is the thing he's like hummed to her before, but it, apparently it's this thing he's composed on the piano. Also, they made a version of this, the Boofy, and it's become like a TikTok sound. It's oh, so it's funny. So good. It's so funny. The uh, Bella's lullaby TikToks are my favorite oh, my right God, now. The best. Twilight TikTok is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. People are like to working to this this lullaby oh, yeah, song. It's, it's the best. Anyway, so then she like, she tears up when he finishes the song because it was so meaningful. <laughs> he like, he wipes away one of the tears and he's like looking at it on his finger and then he eats it. <laughs> Is this allowed? Okay, so first off, the whole crying about music thing, like I have definitely, I will definitely tear up. <laughs> Usually it's like when I sing and not like because it's an emotional song, like for whatever reason, like I'll just be goofing around, like pretending to sing or something and then it'll make me cry. <laughs> but the tears don't actually like fall out uh-huh. of my eyes. Like my eyes just get a little watery. Bella legit loses a tear and <laughs> a then he eats tear. it. Which reminds me of this book that I read in, I think it was high school, might have been middle school, I think it was high school, called The Tear Collector, which was a 
about these basically vampires, but instead of drinking blood, they drank tears. Oh, so did they try to make you really sad? Yeah, they well, kind of. They were, like, always trying to be, like, the shoulder to cry on of people, uh-huh. and then they would, like, literally, like, collect the tears. I don't really remember weird. exactly how, how they collected them. I feel like they collected them in, like, a handkerchief. I don't really know. It Do was you weird. think that's a fan fiction of this one scene? I don't know, but now it, all of a sudden <laughs> I remembered this book from a long time ago. I feel like the book ended and there, like, really should have been another book, but I don't think one was ever written. I have no oh. idea. Anyway, also there's this moment when Carlisle tells Edward some thoughts, you know, because <laughs> he can do that. And Edward's like, oh, yeah, there's going to be some some of our kind, some visitors coming to the area soon. So we're going to have to just, like, be on guard for that. Mm-hmm. And I just say, was thinking, poor Keith, who just missed the actual plot starting <laughs> when he was on in the previous chapter. I know. My favorite question we asked him was, what was the plot of this book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't Here know. it is. Here it is. So they go upstairs and they look at some of the rest of the house and they find this giant cross that's on the wall and it's from the 1600s and it belonged to Carlisle's father who was a pastor in a vicarage in London. So Carlisle's 362, like you just said. Mm-hmm. They said he just celebrated his 362nd birthday. Do you think he still do the whole birthday thing at that point or is it just kind of like... Eh, this isn't a big one. 362. I mean, what what do they do? Like, they can't they can't eat cake. It's so, like, what do they do? They don't need <laughs> gifts. They're probably just like, oh, congrats, Carlisle. Pats him on the back. Happy 362. <laughs> Maybe the they old go man. Get- <laughs> Maybe they go get, like, a fun animal, like an irritated grizzly, uh-huh. to drink Ooh, Okay, some nice, sure. some nice roadkill or something. Yeah. Fresh No roadkill. wonder he got lonely and created Edward, because he was, like, 275 years by himself. Oh, dang. Yeah. And yeah. I know they, that, like, we always talk about, like, oh, the age difference between Bella and Edward's creepy. The age difference between Carlisle and Esme is, like, 280 years. I've never thought about that. Yeah, why don't You're we think so about right. that? I mean, and I know that they're both vampires. And at this point, it's like, okay, they're both like multiple hundred years old, whatever. Yeah. But like, at one point, she was like one year of a vampire and he was like 285 or whatever. That's weird. Yep. Okay. That's a lot to process. His father believed in vampires and was super into like hunting them down and trying to kill them, Mm -hmm. which is actually how Carlisle got turned into a vampire was he found a real vampire and got turned and he just like hated what he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They said he was part of a mob, like because his father was super into like hunting demons and everything and he kind of took over the practice (laughs) when his father got too old. So he was part of a mob that like found these real vampires and since he was in a mob, the vampire just injured him and then like kind of took someone else because usually they just kind of kill whoever they're attacking but since he was with other people he survived but the injuries turned him into a vampire yeah that's all they tell us that, that chapter but there's more yeah so this segues us into chapter 16 carlisle which it, it, this is kind of what i was saying about the two chapters feeling very fast paced it's like they're walking up the stairs we're thinking they're gonna go explore the house but instead whoop, we get segued into a history lesson with carlisle because mm-hmm. we walked by his office so they go into his office and there's florida ceiling bookshelves and then one wall has just a ton of pictures and paintings and things like that. It's also a little bit awkward because Carlisle's there for like a second and then he's like, whoops, gotta go to the hospital. Bye guys. Yeah, again with like, I thought we were supposed to be getting to know his family here, but we're about to go into the history of Carlisle and Carlisle is like, oh I would tell the story, but I have to go. It's like, that wasn't necessary. Give us some character development. But anyway, Carlisle leaves immediately. So then Edward kind of starts to tell the story that's in these paintings on the wall. So when Carlisle first 
first became a vampire. He hated what he was because he was raised to, you know, kill these things. So he tried to kill himself when he first became a vampire by jumping off things, by trying to drown himself. None of that worked. By trying to starve himself, I think. Yeah, he eventually tried to starve himself. And Bella was like, oh, is that possible? And Edward said that doesn't work. And that kind of raised the question for me, like, if they can't die of starvation, why do they drink blood at all? Why do they need it? I guess they'd be super weak and be like, no fun. (laughs) Imagine being like super hungry all the time, but like not being able to die from that. I don't know. Okay, so it's just like a strength juice for them. (laughs) But but that's actually how he started drinking the blood of animals because he was trying to starve himself and he was just like holed up in the, I don't know, wilderness somewhere. And then like a deer or something walked by him and he just like was delusional with hunger and so he just attacked the deer. And he was like, huh, hey, guess what? We don't have to eat people. (laughs) I feel better. Maybe this can work. Yes. So then he swims to France and hangs out in France for a little while. Mm -hmm. He starts like studying a lot and learns to become a doctor and has perfected his ability to not crave human blood. But then he goes to Italy and he hangs out with some vampire dudes there named Arrow, Marcus, and Caius. Caius? Something like that. Sure. And while all of this is happening, Edward's like pointing to different paintings and stuff. And it's kind of funny because there's like old oil painting of these deities or whatever, Arrow, Marcus, and Caius. And then there's just like Carlisle in the background like, hey. (laughs) And this kind of made me think about the fact that like Twilight is kind of difficult. I mean, I know that it was written in what, 2005. And so that's, you know, it's kind of the modern age. But like nowadays, people would would snap pictures of the Cullens, put them in the yearbook. And then like 10 years later, okay, or, you know, a couple years later, they try to move to just another place and start over. It'd be really easy to find them. Like they would probably have an internet history. Like how are the Cullens going to be able to pretend to be human and fit into society when they don't have social media? People are going to be like, that's so weird that you don't have social media. That's a really good point. Like as technology develops, it's going to be harder and harder for them to blend in. Yeah, and restart. Yeah. Huh. But in the meantime, they're... He's just preserved in these oil paintings. Right. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So they, yeah, they talk about his past and and he was trying to basically convert these vampires to also see his vision, but they didn't. So he peaced out and headed to America. The new world, as it was known at the time. They've only really been able to find one other vampire family who lives the same way they do by mm-hmm. not eating humans. Those are the dudes in Alaska, right? Yeah. The okay. dudes in Alaska. No. So this is a chapter that's not in the movie. I really like this chapter. Actually, fun fact, they, they do put this chapter in the movie, but they put it in the second movie, which is kind of weird. Nice. <laughs> they get to the second movie and they're like, oh shoot, we didn't talk about <laughs> all this important stuff. We gotta go back and do it. People are asking a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> I like these chapters a lot. Some things didn't make sense to me, like why vampires can't die of starvation, but overall, I really liked uh, learning about the lore. I guess this is lore. I'm using that word because when I was talking to Keith about doing this podcast and like, you know, guest starring in the past episode, he was asking for like how vampires work in this universe and he was like yeah. what's the lore where do they come from and I was like there's no lore in twilight <laughs> but apparently there is i just forgot so well if keith keeps listening to the podcast he can learn about the vampire lore now yeah but yeah it was cool I, we learned about the history and like why carlo is the way he is and it was a nice change from the past few chapters and it was interesting yeah so at this point in the telling of the history when he goes to the new world this is when edward mentions again about how he was created he says yeah that's where Carlisle in the 1900s he was working as a doctor in Chicago during the influenza and I was dying and so that's when he changed me and I just want to throw out fan fiction corner real quick (laughs) 
There is a Twilight fanfiction I read recently that is called Only Human, and it's by Amethyst Jackson on fanfiction.net. And it, the whole story is kind of spoilers up through the end of Twilight, but basically Bella goes back in time to 1900s Chicago and meets human Edward before he dies. Anyway, it's really interesting, Ooh. and I actually really liked it. It okay. gives you a, a, a much more like childlike, human, boyish kind of version of 17-year-old Edward. It's very interesting. So that one was kind of fun. Oh, and it was in the 1920s, so was he like a newsy boy? Kind of. Wait, it wasn't the 1920s. Cause no, was... it was just the 1900s. Okay. Well, I guess it was close to the 19... 19- it was like 19... 19- 18, something like that-ish. Okay, he could have been a newsy boy. Might have been a newsy boy. He was a little more upper crust, so. (laughs) Oh, like Great Gatsby? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I guess they just kind of like hang out. Anyway, it's kind of interesting, but like Bella shows up and she's like wearing jeans and they're like, what? (laughs) Where's your dress, young lady? No, they don't say that, but it's kind of like that. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, um, I'm from Seattle and we're like different there. (laughs) Anyway, it's kind of funny. So he also also mentions that he has been with Carlisle for most of his life, except for 10 years after he was made when he went through his, like, rebellious adolescent phase. Yes. And she is not adequately repulsed or shook about the fact that he murdered a bunch of people. Yes, I agree. But it was also, I thought it was going to be worse than it was because I thought he kind of just went on a rampage. But I'm not saying this is good, but he made a point to, like, read people's thoughts and only eat evil people, not just anyone, which is still like, yeah, don't eat people, but marginally better. I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, I, I kind of see his point because this is something that I always got annoyed with when watching Smallville was he was like, well, I don't kill people. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not killing the murderers. Like, maybe if you just killed the murderers, there wouldn't be any more murderers. Wait, I haven't seen Smallville. Okay. Except for that time we watched like the first three episodes because we were going to watch <laughs> it all together and then that was it. <laughs> and then that was it. Anyway, I'm just saying that's like a superhero thing, right? A lot of the superheroes like oh that we don't kill we don't want to kill people and anyway that I'm just talking in the fictional fictional world this is a much more complicated question in real life but in the fictional world I guess I guess I don't know I guess this is fine that he did this I don't, I don't know, think whatever. it's okay because people can change but it's marginally better he made like he kept making this like comparison which is similar to what happened with the men on the street where he would like follow a man following like a young girl meaning to hurt her and then he would kill the man. <laughs> Yeah. He said he he kept bringing that up, that, like, story. I guess that's also why he was so angry with the whole Bella situation with the men on the street. Yeah. Giving him PTSD to his human killing days. I like how they're permanently known as the men on the street. <laughs> yes, the, the men on the streets. So then they go to his room, which is all gold, and there's, like, the way they describe it was, like, gold fabric hanging from the walls to, like, help the acoustics, I guess. At first I thought they were just talking about curtains, but... I thought it was dark fabric, and then the carpet was gold. Oh, I don't know. The walls were hung with heavy fabric in a slightly darker shade. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know. Darker gold and then light gold on the carpet. And then lighter gold for the carpet. There's no bed. There's just a wide, inviting black leather sofa. I'm not a leather person, so like, I, this, I don't know how to feel about this. But I, I still feel like even if you can't sleep, I'd want a bed or at least like a chaise lounge or something to like yeah. l- lay down on. Right. Do you want to rest your weary bones even if you don't need to get sleep weary. sleep? <laughs> I, whatever. I'm just 
just thinking anyway. about the gold wall still. See, now people make the joke that, like, when people wear camo, you can't see them. Do you think when Edward, like, sparkles and he stands in his golden room that he's invisible? <laughs> well, at least his eyes are. Yeah, that's true. So there's that, I Tech guess. Has. I don't know. Maybe if there was a disco ball in there and then he went in there and sparkled, <laughs> then yeah, you wouldn't be able to see him. He has, like, tons of music. Floor to ceiling, CDs, uh-huh. and a big stereo system. This is, like, Edward's personality trait. Yeah. <laughs> Just like him music. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he never mentioned being musical other than like playing Debussy that one time and then supposedly, or what is it? What's the word I'm trying to say? Hold on. It'll be worth it. Allegedly, Linkin Park. <laughs> Allegedly, Linkin Park. Can confirm from Midnight Sun, Linkin Park. I, I don't know, because because we are in Bella's thoughts and for whatever reason, she's obsessed with him, but has no desire to get to know him as a person. <laughs> she only has a desire to get to know him as a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> she only wants to get to know that bod. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. And then he's like, aren't you scared yet? And she's like, you're not as scary as you think. And then he tackles her? I don't yeah, know. I like, can't picture oh, this. Yeah. They say, like, his arms form a cage around her, and so she's, like, barely jostled, but he, like, throws her onto the couch or something. I don't know. It's really weird. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that he growls and, like, crouches. I can never picture this. They always talk about them, like, hissing or snarling or growling or crouching. Like, how does a yeah. person crouch and look like an animal attacking? It just, like, looks creepy. Like, you're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, you're right. He did hiss before and he growls now is this a vampire thing to make big cat noises <laughs> no i guess yeah they're always like when they described jasper in the previous chapter as looking lionine and so i feel like th- this is like a cat thing that we're That's doing true. like hey all you cool cats and kittens <laughs> he does like to eat mountain lions yeah i don't know maybe is emmett gonna like growl like a roar like a bear maybe maybe it's like you are what you eat you know yeah i guess anyway it's weird <laughs> and then alice comes in and jasper and they're like hey it's gonna thunder so we're gonna play some baseball i also can't picture alice being all dancey like they're like the way she walked into the room it was like she was a ballerina like how how did i don't i'm I just know. so i'm picturing like pirouettes and she's walking on her tiptoes is it that or is it just bella's so clumsy that seeing someone walk normally is like <laughs> wow how does she not trip over the nothing that's true it's probably a combination but yeah a storm's brewing so it's baseball time and that'll be for next time. Storms coming, swarms coming. All right. And that, that was the two chapters. I liked them. They were fun. Me too. They were, they were fresh and enjoyable. We feel like we got some plot happening. There's nothing that I hated in these two chapters. <laughs> I hated when he says, you are my life now. Okay, yeah. But other that's than too that, intense. I think everything was fine. That's too intense. Okay. The best line for me was when he says... <laughs> Let me find it. (laughs) I didn't write it down. The best line is when he says, (laughs) okay, he studied by night. He planned by day. He swam to France and he swam to France. (laughs) I love that part. And she's like, Bella, people swim the channel all the time. (laughs) Just the way that he's like, he swam to France. That's my favorite part. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole book. I don't know why it doesn't, it's not, it's not like a particularly interesting line out of context. It's whatever, but just the, he swam to France. Yeah. I like that too. And this is something I forgot about Twilight that I'm remembering reading it the second time around. Like, there's some good little funny bits here and there. 
And I feel like that's been a lot of your best lines, just like just the random the, the little, little funny, funny things. I appreciate that. Okay, what's the worst line? <laughs> well, now I feel stupid. <laughs> so my worst line was when she pretended to choke for reasons unknown to anyone. But <laughs> well, now that you happened. are now that you're cleared up, do you have any better ones you'd like to change? Maybe when he said, "What was it? You are my entire life now. You are my life now. You are yeah. my life now." Or maybe no, I know what it is. He, when he's like, "Do you want to introduce me as your boyfriend?" and she goes, "Why?" Why? Okay. That's that's my worst line. That's my worst line. (laughs) Yeah, that's a pretty good one, too. Okay, great. Food count. Just update that. In chapter 15, she ate some cereal. She did. Yep. So we're up to 10. Nice. 10 10 pieces of food. What about potatoes? She do anything potato-y? We had two potatoes in chapter 15. So when she takes her human moment to go change, to like change into something to go meet his family, she comes back down the stairs and she's like, okay, I bounced down the stairs. I'm decent. He was waiting at the foot of the stairs, closer than I thought. And I bounded right into him but he catches her because that's what he does it's just kind of like watch where you're going fool yeah i mean does this do the stairs like turn like how did she not see him there i don't think so i think she might have just been falling down the stairs and as like per usual she's falling over something so and then he caught her whatever the second one was when she passed out (laughs) when he was kissing her that was awesome Yeah, the fainting while kissing her is, yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. That's the, definitely a highlight. They, like, build up with all these... It's like, it gets all, like, romantic for a second, and it's, like, this whole paragraph, and then it's like, and then I passed out. <laughs> yes. Great. So that adds two more for a total of 30 potatoes. Ooh, we hit oh the my 30 gosh, mark. Bella. Also, can we make an honorary, like, 31? Because my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and my friend sent me a potato for my birthday. <laughs> And on the potato, it said, I raise your potato count by one. And it is the funniest thing I have ever seen. Okay. Honorary, Honorary 31st 31. potato. Thank you, Sarah. Well, Sarah, thank you for listening to the podcast and then understanding the potato joke or something that I guess. <laughs> this is, that reminded me, I didn't tell you at the time I wanted to mention on the podcast. One of my favorite things that I've been, I've thought for years and it's never happened is I've always wanted someone to send me a bra with two potatoes in it. <laughs> Why? Because, because there's this behind the scenes feature on the third Harry Potter movie when they're interviewing the cast and they're just like talking random stuff. And there's one where they're interviewing James and Oliver Phelps who play Fred and George Weasley, my favorite characters. And they're talking to them and they're like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever received from fans? And one of them says, oh yeah, that one time we received just a bra filled with potatoes. <laughs> and that has always cracked me up. And I've always thought it'd be so fun. I guess like two potatoes, okay. like one in each one in each cup, I yeah. guess. And I just always thought that was hilarious. And I'm like, one day I just want a bra filled with potatoes because whoever sends it to me, I know that they'll understand. All right, folks, you heard it here. Send Mary a bra full of <laughs> potatoes. We will raise the potato count Yeah, to an honorary don't, 33. Don't. I'm, not, I'm not giving out my address. No. Don't send me a bra filled with potatoes. But I just have thought that's funny. But it's like, it's the kind of thing where I need someone to have watched that bonus feature and then just like know me very well and send it to me okay, anyway. Okay, so you can't do it if you just listen to this podcast. No. But if you're not listening, you can cheating. do it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's put these chat in the rankings. So while they were a little bit quick, I do think that they were enjoyable and had some fun information. We've already said there's not a whole lot that we didn't like about them. So what's like a good starting point to start looking at? Like what's another chapter we liked? Obviously those those top two we got on the list, Scary Stories and Blood Type, and then like Port Angeles was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Are we thinking that it's up on par with those? Is it above those, below those? Honestly, yeah. These two chapters were probably two of my favorite chapters. Yeah. Was it better or worse than going to the beach? 
and talking to Jacob. I don't know yet. Let me think. How about this? Out of the two of these, which one was the better chapter? Okay. Probably the Cullens. Yeah, I think that was probably more fun. Just because the Carlisle chapter was really short. Yeah. And honestly, Carlisle wasn't even at that yeah. much. <laughs> he said one sentence. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's on par with Scary Stories. Because Scary Stories was a lot of background. And this one is a lot of background too. Does right. it beat Scary Stories? I think it might just in terms of like importance of the book. They told each other they loved each other. They established that they're dating. They had their second kiss. More than boyfriend, whatever that means. Whatever that means. She meets some of his fam. She goes to his house. We got a new location. Yeah, let's do it. Number one, the Cullens. All right, number one, chapter 15, the Cullens. And then the Carlisle chapter I thought was really interesting, but I don't know if it's the second best chapter. I agree. I don't know if it's better than Scary Stories. I don't know if it's better than Blood Type. Yeah, I would say that it's either, I think it's right, either right above or right under Port Angeles. What was which Port Angeles again? That's the one where she gets attacked by oh. the dudes and he saves her. Okay, I think it's above Port Angeles. Okay, why? Why do you think it's above Port Angeles? Because there are just parts of that scene that bother me, where she's like immediately over being attacked on the street because Edward is the, there. The part that I like about Port Angeles is the conversation they have when they go to dinner together. Mm. And just the fact that that's like the first time she's already realized he's a vampire, but she's finally like asking him about his mind okay. reading and stuff. I forgot about that second half because I'm prone to yeah. only remember the things I hate. So yes. maybe I think that second half is important. I think it's more important yeah. than the history of Carlisle, even though I do think the history of Carlisle is interesting. Yeah. But I think it's not quite as important. So okay, I so think that five. this should be our new number five. I like it. All right. Which is chapter 16. Awesome. Okay, guys. I don't think that we have anyone new to add to our Captain America Twilight teams. I think this is just enhancing the Alice and Rosalie. I think Team Pro, I would almost want to put Esme here, but I actually kind of think that she's not because she's just Team <laughs> Edward. She's not like Team Bella yet. So can I have her I and know. then you can have Carlisle and I can have Esme and we can make him fight? I already have Carlisle. So no, we have to add these in a way that makes sense. So <laughs> I know, we'll but then I them. can have five and you can have four. No, okay. we're not, they gotta be even. Okay. <laughs> all right, everyone. That's all for this week. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to send us comments and questions on our website or on Twitter at KowskiCast. That's Cow with a K. You can follow me online at Frail Mary and you can follow Rachel at Stukin on Twitter. Thank you also to Will from America for creating our theme song. Also, you can check out some of the other stuff we're doing on KowskiCast. We are covering Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor at the moment and we just released a really fun bonus episode that covers just the first episode of Haunting of Hill House plus our predictions for the Haunting of Bly Manor if you want some spoiler-free introduction. My sister Laura also joins us on that and we got her to watch for the first time the first episode of Haunting of Hill House and she gives her thoughts so if you liked what we did with Keith last week it's kind of a similar feel with Laura but in a like 15 minute package so if you're interested (laughs) in that feel free to check that out yep and if you enjoyed the podcast you'd love it if you left a five star rating and review on iTunes it's the best way for people to find the show in the future we actually got a review on iTunes last week that I want to read here this one is from Casey was taken five stars Stan Kowski Mary always brings the best content on stuff I didn't know I needed more content about thank you Casey (laughs) was taken. That's kind of how this podcast is. It's just content on things that you don't really think. Do you really think that you need to go back and talk about Twilight and look at the pros and cons? No. No. But that's what we're doing over here. No one was asking for it. Everyone will love it. (laughs) Everyone will love it. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for our rereads of chapter 17 and 18. For now, we're the Kowski cast. Thanks for listening, Twihards and fellow haters. We'll see you next time. Oh my god, Alice! Every morning myself if I'm Team Edward or Team Jacob, but a part of me says that Twilight is dumb, the writing is bad, why is Bella
Alright, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next and we'll gosh, I can't say that. Thank you for you joining us and we'll and thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for our reread of chapter six. Nope. We'll re- be back. <laughs> thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for our rereads of chapter 17 and 18. For now, we're the Kowski cast. <laughs> Sorry. That was awesome. Okay. It took so long.